9.30? Are you a sleep-in later? That's not really the word for it, but do you want to sleep in or do you want to get up early? Opportunities for you guys to serve. God is doing incredible things here. And if you guys have been here at all during this vision series, we've been talking about the vision for Coastal in 2012. And we expect God to do some pretty awesome things. And our vision for 2012 is growth. And you know what, there's some things at Coastal, some values and some things that we have, we have chosen and we have committed to here at Coastal. And we've been sharing those things over the past three weeks. And Pastor TJ, he started off in week one with growing in and how spiritually we need to be growing and we need to be doing things to enhance our spiritual life. We need to be growing in relationship with God and relationship with others. The next week we talked about a commitment to serving. And you know what, when we are committed to Christ and we are following after God, the word says that Christ did not come to this earth to be served, but to serve others. And our commitment as Christians is to be able to reach out and serve people around us, to serve in the church and to do things that only we can do because we have gifts and talents and abilities that God has gifted us with that we can utilize for the body of Christ. So that was week two. And week three, we talked about growing out and reaching our neighbors and the people that are around us, the people that are lost, that are hurting, that are broken. And that is what we are all about here. We are about people finding Christ and finding hope and there is people around you all the time that don't know the hope that we know. And it's our responsibility to reach out to those people around us, whether it be to invite them to church or encourage them, whatever it is, it is our responsibility to do that. And today I'm really excited because we're gonna be talking about relationships and how we need to be growing together in relationships with one another. Because I know you guys have heard TJ say this before, you've heard me say it, I am who I am in my life because of the relationships that I have. And there's been people in my life constantly that have motivated me to change or to grow. And you know what, that's what it's all about here at Coastal is we are committed to seeing people grow in relationship with each other and in relationship with God. And you know what, how many of you guys have gone through those times of difficulties in your life where you just needed somebody to be there for you? I know for TJ and I, there's been those moments, you know, years ago, we were struggling to have kids and trying to figure out what are we gonna do? Why is this happening? I don't understand this doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment, trying to figure out what was going on. And the end result was the doctor telling us that basically it's never gonna happen. Like there's no hope you guys won't have kids but God, you know. and. I remember in that time just being so down and so lost and not even knowing how to get outside of that position in our life and not knowing how to get outside just that, almost like that depression of, God, I don't understand and I don't know why. And you know what, we called a friend that was really, really encouraging to us and we called them, we're like, we're hurting. Like we're driving home from this doctor's appointment just sobbing. And we get to their house and they just sit with us and they hug us and they love us and they pray with us and they didn't have the right words to say. I can actually remember some of their words and it wasn't right, but it was having somebody there to love and encourage and to build us up. You know, when we were first married, we, got, we were young, we were 21 years old. We had no clue about finances, like budgeting, any of that stuff. And we dug ourselves a big hole financially. And luckily, we had somebody in our life that came alongside of us and said, you know what, I know you guys don't understand, 
and I know you're in this position, and they helped to get us out. They loaned us money. They taught us how to pay off our debt. They taught us principles of finances, and we have a great way to deal with our finances now because of what somebody taught us early on. And relationships are the key to helping us grow in our relationship with God and with other people. Maybe for you guys, it was the birth of a child that you had somebody there experiencing with you, that relationship. Maybe some of you guys, it was the death of a loved one. And somebody was there with you and they didn't even know, they didn't even have to know the right words to say, but they were there. And sometimes somebody just being there with you to cry with you, to laugh with you, to grieve with you is just what you need. Maybe some of you guys have gone through a divorce and it was a really hard time in your life. But you had somebody there that said, it's okay, we're gonna make it through. You're gonna make it through. And it is relationships, guys, that get us through, that, that help us in those times of need. And I think, you know, as I was pre preparing for this message, I just really felt like there's probably some of you in here that are hurting really bad. You're walking through some things and you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and you can't go on anymore. You feel hopeless, you feel lost, you feel like, why isn't anybody noticing me? And you are here today for a reason, because God wants to heal that in your life. He wants them to do some things this morning, they're gonna totally transform that in your life, because we were never intended to live life alone by ourselves. We are intended to live life with other people, and you need someone in your life to be able to hold you up to lift you up when you're down, to walk you through those situations, to be there for you when maybe you just need to cry or you need to laugh, whatever it may be, we were never intended to live life alone. So if that's you today and you are living life alone and it's hard and it's difficult, today is for you. And I'm excited about what God wants to do in your life this morning. You know, we're gonna talk about this example of the New Testament church in Acts. And one of the first things I noticed about the New Testament church is the first thing on your notes, and it's that it was a community, not an organization. In Acts 2, 24 through 27, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at that many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold properties and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now this concept of the New Testament church, I mean they were, when somebody was in need, Families would sell their possessions to take care of a need in someone's life. They were so committed to community back in those days that they would do anything to help someone in need. And if we have, if we have any concept of that, it, it blows our mind because that's not what the church looks like today. And we have a very different view of what church looks like today, don't we? Because sometimes it seems it's more about attendance nowadays than it is community. 
And you know, this is a really unique area and where the fact is it's like a melting pot. There's so many different kinds of people here, families that live um, in other states and all kinds of stuff. And you know what, we end up calling people and we're like, oh my gosh, mom, dad, whatever. I found a church, it is this awesome church and they are so pumped up. I've been looking, I'm looking, I found this church. And we act like God is so pleased with our attendance at church, like he's up there going, yeah, you went to church. I'm sure God is excited that you went to church. But here's the thing, he doesn't want you just to attend, he wants you to be in community and in fellowship with people. And in the New Testament church, they lived life together daily. Every single day they were in relationship with one another. The New Testament church was not about attendance, it was about community. I think about it like this, you know, the New Testament church probably looked more like a circular formation rather than a bunch of people sitting out there hearing from one person. They were joined, living life together. And it's something that if we can grab hold on, can revolutionize the way that we live our life and the way that we view church. Because how much different would it have been if we grew up in a church like the New Testament church? You're in crisis, I'm here. You know, we've all been through crises and the church wasn't there. You know what, there's, there's probably times maybe that you've experienced something in this church and the church wasn't there. You know what, maybe you've left church because they, somebody wasn't there for you. You went through a rough time and you felt abandoned by the church. If we live life in community with one another, it makes such a huge difference. You're noticed, you're valued. When you're in the hospital, somebody knows because you're living life in community. When you're hurting, somebody's crying with you because you're living life in community. And you're not just attending one weekend service, you are living life together with other people. And the strength and the power that comes with that is incredible. You know, in fact, many times it's a sense of community that people talk about here more than the worship, more than the kids' ministry, more than the preaching, it's community. And if you guys are in relationship with people, you know what I'm talking about. Because it's real, if you're part of the outreaches and the small groups, we do life together. And it's fun, and it's energizing. And you know what, sometimes it, it is, the kids' ministry's good, the, the worship is awesome, the preaching is okay every now and then. <laughs> Sorry, T. I'm just kidding. You guys, I love my husband. How many of you guys enjoy every single week when he gets up here and shares? He's just phenomenal. I'm so blessed to be able to have him in my life and to, he's like a mentor to me. I learn from him every single day and it's such an honor to get to do ministry with him. So I just, I don't know where that came from, but your preaching's awesome, so. But I want to take time today just to discuss the, the important concept of community and how it benefits our life and our walk with God. In Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, what I notice here in the beginning is that community begins with a commitment to Christ. We have to be committed to something. 
We have to have hope in something so that we can hold on and not let go and do life together with other people. So community begins with a commitment to Christ. Hebrews 10:23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because he who promised is faithful. Unswervingly is not a word that you hear or use every day in life. I remembered when TJ and I were first married, we were driving home from Fort Myers, we were visiting his dad. And on our way home, we were driving back to Bradenton and it was kind of a rainy day and it was a little bit slick and our tires weren't that good and TJ's not that good of a driver. So, or maybe I'm just not a good passenger, one of the two. But so we're driving and we're going along and, and we start to hydroplane. We hit this water and we're on I-75. And how many of you guys know when you start to hydroplane, you're supposed to hold steady, not supposed to turn the wheel, okay? We start hydroplaning and TJ's <laughs> overcompensating one way and so we're spinning across I-75, three lanes, and so he's turning the other way. And we're spinning back across three lanes of I-75 the other way, take out about 100 yards of palmetto bush and hit a tree. Thank God we weren't hurt. But TJ's riding around going, that was awesome! And I'm like, take a breath, Shayla. You're not dead. You know, and what I started thinking about is that's what God is talking about is he's saying hold steady. Don't start to overcompensate when things come your way. Don't start to swerve and try to miss things when people come your way. And Paul is encouraging us to hold unswervingly, to make sure our alignment is right, to hold on to the things that God has promised in our life. Because the next part of that verse says, for he who promised is faithful. And if you have some unfulfilled promises in your life, maybe you guys are out there and you're saying, God, I know you want this to happen in my life, but why hasn't it happened yet? I'm miserable. I've been walking this journey and I don't see you being faithful. But here's the deal. We have to hold on. God is faithful every single time in our life. But we get frustrated when something doesn't happen because we can't see it yet. We're not holding steady. We're not holding firm because we get distracted. Have you guys ever seen the movie Up? Okay, the dog. We are like the dog, okay? We are fixed on this thing and something comes along and we're like, squirrel. And it happens constantly in life. Is God's telling us, hold unswervingly to the hope that you profess because he who's promised is faithful. But when we start going, we're holding on, but things happen and we swerve. And God's saying, just hold on because there's some things that I want to do in your life. I want to be faithful. I want to accomplish things in you. But I need you to hold on. He's, you know what? Hold means to make one, to attach yourself to. I think of it like a tattoo. When you get a tattoo, it, it, it's on there. Sometimes we don't want it on there anymore and it costs a lot of money to get it off. But that's a tattoo, it, it attaches itself to us. And there's some values and there's some principles and there's some things in life that we need to attach ourselves to, that we need to make ourselves one to. Because God is faithful every single time. 
But we need to remember that our responsibility is to hold on and to hold steady and to not get distracted. You know, TJ and I, when we were, we were moving here to plant this church, you know, God gave us this vision and we knew that we were supposed to come here. We knew one family. And I remember we sold our house, we quit our jobs, we moved four hours away from home, and we didn't know a single person. But God is faithful every single time, and you guys sitting out there are a result of that. And I can guarantee you it would have been much easier because there was a lot of bumps in the road. It would have been much easier to swerve and to turn right back around because our life was wonderful. We had good jobs, we had a nice house, it was ideal situation for us, but we gave up a lot to be here. And I look out there today and I say, God, you're faithful. This is what you've promised, and there are so many more promises that, that he has in store for this church because this is just the beginning of what God wants to do. But when you hold steady and you keep going, no matter what the obstacle is, no matter what the challenge is in your life right now, God is saying, hold steady. Your marriage is failing, hold steady. You're having problems with your kids, hold steady. Financially, you can't make it, hold on. Because he who promised is faithful, but we can only do what we can do, and that is hold on. You know, Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 and 18 says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. You must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you are away on a journey, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them on your hands as a reminder and wear them on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight. So all will go well with you, and then you will enter and occupy the good land that the Lord has solemnly promised. When God gives you a promise, you share that with people. You tell people. You believe with people. You, you continue to move forward with people because God is faithful every single time, and he's telling you, voice those things. Because I want those things to happen in your life. And, you know, Paul tells us, in Hebrews, he begins to tell us how to hold and not swerve. And the next point I want to make is that we need to commit ourselves to others. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You know what that word consider means? To strategize or to think, to fix your eyes on something. I think TJ hates this about me, but when I get something in my head... It's done. Okay, if I, I love food. And so when I have a plate, like last week it was bonefish. I wanted to go to bonefish. And I'm like, hey, TJ, you want to go to bonefish? I know you really want to go to bonefish. Don't you like the bang bang shrimp? You know, I think you really want some ahi tuna. I'm really hungry. Don't you want to go to bonefish? And again and again and again until he was like, fine, let's go to bonefish. You know, and, and I do that all the time. I'm like, oh, I went out back today. You know, and... And it's just something you, you get your mind fixed on. And you're like, I'm not giving up until that happens. And that's what he's saying here. Consider, strategize, think. 
how we can encourage one another, how we can spur one another on, how can we be motivated to do things in our life? And you know, the next thing says, let us consider how we may spur. And spur means to provoke or stir up inside. And many times in life, we need somebody in our life to spur us on. Because we can't spur ourselves. Imagine what that looks like. Having people walking around talking to each other all the time. Come on, Shayla, you can do it. I know you can do it. You can preach this message. You can do it. I, I really believe you can do it, Shayla. And like, that's ridiculous. We need other people in our life encouraging us and telling us you can accomplish the dreams and the goals that God has for you. You can make it in your marriage. You can make it in your finances. Keep going. We need people into our life to spur us on and to motivate us to change. And we need to be thinking and considering and strategizing how God can use us to do that in other people's lives. You know, there was a time in my life when I was getting out of a really long, bad relationship. It was a relationship that was horrible for me in my life. Caused a ton of self-esteem issues, all kinds of just negative things, and I knew there was a point I had to get out of this relationship. But I knew I couldn't do it by myself. Because if I tried to leave this relationship, I knew there was a time I would be lonely, and I'd be like, oh, I'm just gonna go back. It's just easier. I don't wanna be alone, I don't wanna be by myself. But I knew I needed to have people in my life that I can call when I was weak and say, you know what, I need you right now. I need you to help me because I don't trust myself right now. I don't know how I'm gonna make it. And, and there's those times that we need other people because we don't trust our own judgment. And we need people in our life to help us and to move us forward. And I wanna encourage you guys today. Some of you need somebody in your life to challenge you, to motivate you, stop sitting back and, and just going through life alone and allowing yourself just to fall into that rut of, of doing things by yourself. But God wants to do so much more in your life, but you need other people to help you along that journey. You know, when it's talking about stirring, it doesn't say so that I can spur people on. It says that we may spur. It's not just one person doing the spurring. It is everybody. We all need to be spurring one another on. We all need to be receiving that encouragement. Where do you guys think that takes place? Because it doesn't, coming together on a Sunday morning is incredible. We can come together, we can worship together, we can celebrate together. There's something powerful about the unity that happens on a Sunday morning. But the real relationships, the real challenge, the real spurring of people happens in small groups. And that word freaks a lot of you out, I know. Because there's some of you that's like, oh, I don't wanna share what's happening in my life. I don't wanna let, I don't wanna be vulnerable. I don't wanna cry in front of people. I don't wanna talk in front of people. If people knew the real me, oh goodness. And it freaks you out. And there's a lot of fear associated, but there's also some of you who have been hurt really bad in relationships. And your past has dictated how you see your present reality. And let me tell you something, your past does not have to dictate your future. The only way it does is if you allow it. And you know what, you have to begin to let go of the hurts and the pains of other people because the only thing that happens when you allow your past to dictate your present 
is it robs you of the things that God wants to do in your life. And there's some incredible things that you've been missing out on because you haven't allowed people into your life because you've been hurt. And today that needs to change. I don't know who's out there that's been hurt really bad in a relationship, but God wants to bring restoration to your life. God wants to restore what's been broken. He wants to heal those things. And I promise if you get involved in relationships, you're gonna see things happen in your life that you could never imagine. And you know what, the timing of it is so important. Because here's what I know, today might look really good, but we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. And some of you guys, life might be really awesome right now, but there's gonna come a day when you're gonna need someone. And you're gonna need to be noticed. And you're gonna need to have someone living in relationship with you and walking through something with you. I need it in my life. We all need it. And timing is so important because God wants to do something in your life through other people, or maybe it's you that he wants to use. Maybe it's your situations, the the experience that you have, the things, the hurts, the pains that you've been through that God wants to use to help someone else make it through. I've always said in my life, I've been through hurt, I've been through pain, but it will never, ever be in vain because what I've been through better be able to help somebody else because I don't ever want to go through something that just happens in life. I want it to be used for something, and every single one of you have unique experiences and things that have happened in your life that God can use to help somebody else, and that person needs you. So maybe it's not the fact that you need somebody in your life right now, but somebody needs you. And small groups are a place where we can come together and we can share life together, we can encourage one another, whether it's you're doing the encouraging or you're receiving the encouragement. Because here's what I know, is that we have to be really careful about getting lazy. Beware of laziness. In Hebrews 10, 25, It says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. He's saying, do not give up. That means when you say give up, it means to cease to care or be concerned about something. Do you guys remember looking back at your high school yearbooks? Look what people wrote in there and it's like, oh, we're gonna be friends forever. You're my BFF and We're never gonna grow apart. Where's that person now? Most of the time we've ceased to care and concern about that person because we're not living life with them anymore. And Paul's saying, be careful. Don't stop those relationships. Don't stop meeting with people. We need to be encouraging one another. We need to be growing with one another. See, you're gonna be challenged in life to squeeze out those relationships that are good for you because we have work and we have school and we have family and we have all these other things, but do not neglect the relationships in your life because that is gonna bring change. That is gonna encourage, as I told you before, I am who I am because of the relationships in my life and it is so true. Relationships in my life have helped spur me on towards the gifts and the talents and the call that God has in my life. 
And I want to know today, what have some of you guys let go of? What if some of you guys become lazy in and just, just let go and not continue to move forward? Part of Hebrews 25, it says, but let us encourage one another. These types of relationships are encouraging. They're not draining, they're not hard, they're encouraging for us. And our passion at Coastal is to help people find community. Coastal Community Church. It's intentional, we wanna live in community. We wanna be like that New Testament church where we're living life together daily. And if you're here and you're just attending, that's great. I really, really, I truly hope that it works for you guys. But here's the thing, you are missing the most important part, the most foundational part, the part that's not supposed to be optional in our life. It's not the social interaction, but the real community. I mean, there's Facebook stuff all over the place. I have a thousand friends on Facebook. So, who are you in real relationship with? It's not just that social interaction, it is living life together. It is so encouraging to me, going to a small group and participating and being in relationship with people because I hear stories about, I, I see people on a Sunday, but I go and I'm involved in relationship in a small group with them, and I hear their story. And you would be so amazed and surprised at the things that people have experienced in life, the things that they've walked through, how they've made it through. And those things are so key for us because we can't get that on a Sunday morning. But you can get that true community and that real relationship where you are learning from people, where you are growing with people, that you're learning about people, that you're saying, man, you're going, you went through that? That's what I'm going through right now. Can you pray with me? Can you walk with me? Can you, can you tell me how you made it through that? And we need to be involved in relationship with one another. In Galatians 5, 7 through 10, it says, you are getting along so well. Who has interfered with you to hold you back from following the truth? I'm trusting the Lord to bring you back to believing. And this just goes along with sometimes we get lazy in things and we just begin to stray and get off track of the things that God wants to do in our life. And I want to tell you today that we need to start surrounding ourselves with the right people. There's some of you who know that you know that God's been working on you for a long time and he's telling you to get up and do something and you've been sitting there. And you've been allowing life to pass you by. And you've been lazy and God's been nudging you for a long time. And I wanna say, let this be the day that you get up, that you start living life with other people that you start encouraging other people, that you start growing with other people, that you allow somebody to impart something into your life. And you know what, maybe it's not even about you. Maybe it's about the other person 
that needs you.